Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. In our beloved country, we know very little about real persecution. And yet, around the world, at this very present hour, there are believers who are suffering and even dying for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's nothing new. As a matter of fact, persecution has always been connected with the gospel. And we've come now to two books near the end of our New Testament that are written to persecuted believers. Hebrew Christians, Jews, who had been dispersed because of persecution. And uh, Peter is the one writing to both of them in these letters known as 1st and 2nd Peter. Now one of the things that these two letters have in common is that they are end-time books. They deal with how to live in light of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Now I believe this. I believe the nearer we get to the return of Christ, the more persecution believers are going to face. Just expect it. Don't be surprised at it. And yet God, don't you love this? God has given us two beautiful books in the New Testament that explain to us how to live in victory in the midst of persecution. Now they're written by the Apostle Peter. And Peter knew something about persecution. He knew something about both the sufferings of Christ and the sufferings of Christians. The New Testament gives more biographical information on Peter than any other apostle. There's no other Peter in the New Testament. That's unique. He heads the list of all the apostles in every gospel account. He was the first to confess Christ as the Son of God. He was the first disciple to enter into Christ's empty tomb. He was the first disciple to be called by name by Christ after His resurrection. He's referred to 210 times in the New Testament. But here's the unique thing. Peter knew something about persecution. As a matter of fact, he writes these letters during the period of Nero's persecution. And history tells us that Peter was executed by Nero soon after the writing of these letters. Some even believe, according to tradition, he was crucified upside down. He said, if you're going to crucify me, I'm not worthy to be be put to death in the same manner as my master, so crucify me upside down. This is a man who knew something about what he was writing about. The great theme of the book is triumph through trials. Somebody said, well, I thought you said it was about suffering. It is. The word suffer is used 15 times in this book. And yet, hear it again, it's not just about suffering, it is about triumph through trials. You see, the common thread that's woven through each chapter is the sufferings of Christ. It's not just our suffering. No, friend, it's His suffering. And if you suffer for the gospel's sake, you're suffering for Christ's sake. You're being made a partaker of His suffering. Now, wait a minute, if that's true then as surely as Jesus suffered, He also triumphed. And may I tell you, if you share in His suffering, you share in His victory. Praise God for that. There are two major sections found in this book. And in each of them, there's a key chapter. There's a key portion of Scripture. I'd like to read both of them to you, and you'll understand why in just a moment. The first is found in chapter 1, beginning in verse 6 down through verse 9. We read, "...wherein you greatly rejoice." 
though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. One of the things I love about this passage is that though he talks about trial and tribulation, though there's struggle and strain, there's a note of joy. My friend, you can be happy in Jesus today no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're going through. And then here's the second passage. It's found in chapter 4. See if it sounds familiar. Verses 12 and 13, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Again, here we are. There's trials, but there's triumph. There's suffering, but there's consolation. There's pain but there's victory in the end. Oh, my friend, it's not about our suffering. It's about Christ's suffering. It's not about our trouble. It's about the Lord's grief and the glory that is to follow. It's the great progression as you walk through the book. For example, in chapter 1, we see the sufferings of Christ and what they brought. What did they bring? Oh, the sufferings of Christ brought hope. Calvary brought hope. The cross brought hope. And so if there's suffering, there's hope connected to that suffering. In chapter 2, it's about the sufferings of Christ and what we bear. And we do bear reproach. We do bear certain things, but we bear it with Christ. In chapter 3, it's the sufferings of Christ and how we are to behave. And it gets down right where we live. He shows us how to behave at home, how to behave in the church, and how to behave in the world. One of the dangers is when we start struggling and we start suffering If we're not careful, we forget people are watching our lives. And our life is to exhibit the beautiful grace of God even under intense pressure. In chapter 4, it's the sufferings of Christ and what we believe. My friend, your faith is what's going to bring you through what you're dealing with today. Look to the Lord. Root yourself in Christ and Christ alone. And then it ends in chapter 5, praise God for this, with the sufferings of Christ and what we will be. Oh, my brother, my sister, there's glory coming. Something you've never known before. You're going to be with the Lord. And in light of that, he challenges every Christian and every Christian leader to be what they ought to be for Christ. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of great persecution, you be a faithful Christian. You live the Christian life because there's glory to follow. The book of 1 Peter reveals Jesus Christ as the suffering Savior. He is the suffering Savior. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, that if we follow in His steps, we're going to suffer as well. Uh, people want to talk about what would Jesus do. And uh, Charles Sheldon's classic book, In His Steps, is a beautiful story. And people think, well, if you follow in His steps, it's, it's all victory, it's all blessing. Well, my friend, there's victory and blessing. But if you follow in His steps, I'll remind you that you have to go through Calvary. That before you get to the empty tomb, there's a cross. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said when God calls a man, He calls him to come and die. 
Yes, there's suffering, but there's glory to follow. And just as Christ suffered and then rose from the dead and is alive forevermore and is ascended and reigns eternally, my friend, whatever cross He calls on you to pick up today, whatever self-denial, whatever persecution you must endure, be very sure of this, that the same Christ who suffered that grief also received glory. And that same Christ is going to make you a partaker of the glory that is to follow. Remember, this is an end time book. We're living at the end of this age, not the beginning of it. The church age draws to a close. The age of the Spirit is leading to the revelation of Jesus Christ. And someday very soon, your very eyes are going to behold the suffering Savior coming in all of His glory. The hymn writer said, It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And whatever you're dealing with today, just remind yourself of this. This is not the end. The end is coming, and it's going to be worth it all when you see Jesus. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.